Today we consider how important it is for us to be preparing today for the opportunities of tomorrow. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. Your day is a series of choices. Thanks for choosing to make me a part of your day today. Well, life ultimately is about your choices. There's all kinds of choices that we have to make every day about who we spend time with, what we do, when we go, wherever we go, and the big one, why we do what we do. And that big question of why is really answered in in our choices. You can look at your choices over time and people will be able to see at least hints about why you do what you do and who you are. You know, you answer the questions about who you will encourage today, who you will marry, who you will work for, the people that you spend your time with say a lot about the way that you live, who you are, and why you're here. When you ask what your big why is, why do you do what you do, why are you here, what's your purpose, people can look at the people that you spend time with, how you answer that question, that choice, and have some idea. Even things like what will you do for lunch or what will you do next year, the bigger questions, you ask uh, when will you go to bed or when will you begin that next project? Where will you live? Where will you go on your break? Why will you do those things? Now, life is all these choices, a series of little choices, big choices, and they add up to a big answer to the question, who you are and why you're here. As we look at all those choices that we make and the ones that you don't make, uh, the choices that you make make your life easier or harder, particularly when we think about our spiritual journey. Your choices every day are how you answer Jesus' call to follow him. Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Your life is the answer to that call. So part of our life, our responding to that call is considering the future and what it means to live out that call. So my question for all of us to think about today is, are the choices we make preparing us for future ministry and spiritual growth, or are they taking us further away from Jesus and down a path of maybe self-interest and personal desires that make spiritual growth much more difficult, that make even hearing the voice of God, understanding the spirits leading our life, make those things much more difficult because we have these layers of self-interest and personal choices that have complicated everything in our life. So God has given us gifts, and he daily gives us opportunities to use those gifts, to choose him, and to follow him. Well, how do you respond every day when you're faced with those opportunities, those choices, that would allow you to know him more. Well, we live in a time where there's an incredible shortage of leaders in the church. We need godly men who consistently choose godliness and holiness above personal pleasure and success. Uh, We need men and women who are uh, devoted to seeing God glorified in their life. And certainly the world is constantly inviting you to uh, indulge in your desires and giving you a a stream of things that you could want through every possible medium that you can imagine. The world is telling you you need a new car, uh, your house is too small, 
your clothes are too old. There are so many things that the world tells you that you need to be happy, to be satisfied. What we struggle with is to make the choice to put him first and to prepare for future ministry. And that challenge that Jesus gives us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him is not a challenge that is meant to be taken lightly. It is a challenge to prepare. When we understand when Jesus calls us, there are challenges today, but there are greater challenges in the future as we continue to follow him. If you want to be the man or woman of God that you have the potential to be, you have to be consistent in making choices that place a high value on godliness. Your choices give evidence that you have placed a high value on godliness, on knowing who he is. Your priorities really reflect that you are living out God's priorities or your priorities as they are revealed through your choices, show that you don't really place a high value on the things that God values. Well, this is just so important for so many reasons that we continue to to look at our life and consider who we're growing into. You know, you, you make choices day after day. You choose who you're going to spend time with. And as you make those choices about who you're going to spend time with, you are influenced by those people. You know, I mentioned earlier, thinking about some of our, our questions we answer. Who will I encourage that? Who will I marry? Who will I work for? The way that we answer those questions influences us for the rest of our life. Uh, if you choose to hang out with people who are constantly tempting you away from God, they're drawing you away, then you're more likely to make other choices that are poor choices. And you may even make that original choice to spend time with someone who is going to tempt you away from God for a good reason. Your desire is that they come to know Christ. You want to influence them for good. You want to have spiritual conversations that draw them uh, into the church and into a conversation about the Bible, about spiritual things. But if you're not ready, if you haven't done the work and prepared and made the earlier choices to really be grounded in your faith, in God's Word, if you haven't spent the time making that commitment to spend time in prayer, praying for them and praying that the Holy Spirit would lead, then when you do spend time with them, you're not ready. You're not the right person to influence them. And that's what often happens. We are the result of all these choices in our life. And often, because we have made poor choices in the past, we find that when God gives us an opportunity for ministry, for investing in someone's life, we're not ready. And that's the result of those choices that we made. So we choose to spend time with somebody, but rather than going and being an influencer, we are influenced by them. We are drawn away. Uh, when we think about those questions like, you know, what am I going to do next year? Well, I need to begin today to prepare to be the right person to, to accomplish some of the things I'd like to see done next year. You know, I've been interested in writing and things like that for a long time. So when I was in high school and in college, I read a lot of books about writing. And one of the statements that was repeated over and over again is that a writer writes. If you are a writer, you write. 
And it seems silly. It seems like we should know that. But a lot of people have the desire to be writers. And they want to. They have ideas. They can envision themselves writing. But daily, they make the choice not to write. They make the choice to do something else. And they're not intentionally deciding, today I'm not going to write. What they do is they decide to do other things. And then there's no time or energy left for writing, which they really want to do. At least that's what their words say. I'm afraid a lot of times in our spiritual life, it's very, very similar. We say, I really want to be growing. I want to be growing in Christ-likeness. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to be a mature Christian. And day in and day out, it's not that we're choosing not to do that. It's that we're not choosing the little things that would help us to grow in Christ-likeness. We're not choosing to spend that extra time in God's Word. We're not choosing to spend the extra time in prayer. Uh, We're not choosing to spend time with a church family. So we're choosing other things. And it's not even that those things are bad. It's just that those things don't help us to grow in Christ-likeness. So we've chosen something else that was not God. The result of that, the same as the person who doesn't choose to write and doesn't become a writer, is that we don't become more like Jesus. The work that he is doing in our life through the Holy Spirit is very slow because we are ultimately, in our choices, fighting against the work that God is doing. So when we think about those questions like, when am I going to begin that next project? Often in our life, we we think about like the person at work who's planning a project at work and it needs to be done by the end of the year and they, they plan back and figure out how many months it will take and what needs to be done for that project to get done on time. And they do that because they're paid to do that. There's accountability. There's responsibility there. We don't look at our spiritual life that way. But in a very real way, our life is a project that is in the process of being accomplished. And God promises us that he will ultimately accomplish his work. He will finish that work that he started. But we don't willfully, intentionally join in that. Uh, We tend to just kind of coast and make little choices day by day that are more about the temporary, the temporal, the here and now. And we don't consider the eternal. We don't consider what it will be like to stand before God and realize that we didn't mature to the place that we could have. God gave us the the potential to mature more and gave us the opportunity to invest in our own spiritual life and the lives of others. And he still accomplishes his work in our life and sanctifies us and prepares us for eternity. But in this life, we don't accomplish everything that he gave us the opportunity, the, the potential to accomplish because we chose other things. So we miss some of the blessing that was available to us. Why do we do that? Well, it it really comes down to, at least in part, not knowing what God has to say about our life. And I think as we look at Paul and Timothy and their relationship, it's I come back to this a lot because Paul obviously understood that the people that he talked to, whether it's the church at Corinth or Timothy or Titus, he understood that the people he was talking with were genuinely saved by God and that they were clearly in God's hands. 
he understood that and he, he trusted God to accomplish that work in their life. At the same time, he really challenged them to apply intentional effort to grow in Christ-likeness. And when he said things like, pursue godliness, you know, I don't think you can take that as, uh, he meant that in jest, or he was just joking, or well, he wasn't serious. He very clearly intended for men like Titus and Timothy to make efforts, to apply effort to their spiritual life. He didn't say, I just sit back and relax and, you know, God's going to just change it, doesn't matter what you do. He wanted them to consider the work that God was doing, understand the goal that God has for your life, and then join Him in that goal. Apply effort to accomplish the things that God has said that He is doing in your life. And I think that same thing applies to us. So we ask these questions about the kinds of choices that we make and why we need to make good choices. It's for the same reason. God, ultimately, He does do His part, but there's a potential that we have that He asks us to be part of. You do have choices that you make every day. And a big part of this, I think, is wrapped up in the idea of stewardship. It's important we think about Things like our health. It's one, one reason why I encourage people to exercise. You know, God's maturing you and growing you, and he gives you valuable ministry. But I think people have lost, in some cases, years of ministry because they were not good stewards of their health. And there are other people, you know, God can can end your life quickly and early, even if you're very healthy and you're a good steward. So that's a different question as far as how long you're going to live. But the quality of your life and the the ability to do ministry throughout your life, I think there's a a kind of effort that we should put in that allows us to have uh, to reach our potential in ministry, and it's stewardship. And I think the same it's true for exercise. It's true for the the way that we study God's word, the time we spend in prayer and Bible study. Your preparation for ministry, your ability to minister well is there's two sides to it. There is the work that the Holy Spirit does, but we also have a stewardship of our intellect, of our time. And those two work together in a way maybe that's hard for us to understand. But clearly, Paul believed that the people he was talking to had some kind of input on their spiritual life and maturity and their ability to serve and to grow. So I think we should understand it the same way. Absolutely trust God to do His part. He does not fail. At the same time, we need to make daily choices and put effort into our spiritual life. There are a lot of reasons why this is really important. I mean, it's tomorrow's going to get here before you know it. But you, know, you turn around and you're 10 years older, and <laughs> as you get older, you have less potential physically in some ways. But if you've put in the effort... You have greater experience and maturity in other ways. So ministry grows in some cases or just changes in others. If you don't give intentional effort to your preparation, then I think down the road you will miss the opportunity to be a blessing to others. Maybe it's because you're not aware enough of Scripture. Maybe it's because you missed an opportunity to serve in a way that would have prepared you for a future ministry. But if you're not doing it now, 
you're probably going to miss an opportunity down the road to do some ministry as well as you could. You know, it's clearly God's intention for you to grow in Christ-likeness and godliness and righteousness. We should pursue, pursue that. And clearly there's the expectation that we do something. And God tells us that he has a ministry prepared for us, and he's preparing us for that ministry. And I think that goes hand in hand with the idea that Paul repeats in multiple different ways, but there's this expectation of spiritual growth. There's the milk and the meat. Uh, the milk is the truth that we learn. The meat is the application of that truth. So there is this expectation of growth. So it's important that we understand that and that we daily give that effort into being the person that God wants us to be and preparing for ministry. So then if we accept all that as true, then one of the questions we might have is, how do we do that? How do I prepare for ministry in the future? Well, I have a list of just kind of practical things that you can do that might help. Ultimately, it's a daily choice to spend time with God, to spend time in prayer, and to learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. And I think if you're growing uh, in your understanding, if you're growing and, and taking part in the church, then you'll be more sensitive to the work God's doing in your life. And it won't be really a question of what you need to do when. You'll be constantly pursuing Him and it'll be easy for him to direct you. But here's some ideas to help you as you're thinking through what it might mean to be very intentional about um, growing and preparing for future ministry. So one thing is be quick to volunteer, particularly when there's an opportunity to learn new, skier, new skills. Um, if there's an, a challenging project to be part of, whether it's at church or at work, um, be willing to volunteer and to learn. Engage with the leaders and ask them why they make the decisions they do. When we think about the shortage of leaders that we have, one of the problems is that leaders aren't passing on their their knowledge and they're not training other people intentionally. The other part is people are not stepping forward and taking the initiative and saying, hey, I want to learn to do what you're doing. So ask people why. Ask the, the pastor why he chooses what he chooses. Why do you choose uh, this book to go through right now. What does he see in the church? Uh, ask him and see if he will engage with you and, and share with you his thought process about, you know, why is the church going through this book and not that one? Uh, how do you make the decisions you make? And engage and be willing to be trained for leadership. One part of that would be take responsibility for a small group, um, whether it's a project at work or a home group through your church or a Sunday school class. If you take responsibility for other people, you have to think about them differently. That's a big part of being a shepherd. Think about leadership in the church. It's taking responsibility for other people. Specifically in the church, we're thinking about their spiritual growth, their spiritual life. To do that, you have to get to know them well. You want to understand who they are. You want to see group dynamics, how people work together, and how some people respond when... Um, there is stress and how other people respond and there are differences to learn that is helpful for the church it's helpful for you if you're going to be a leader of any kind in any context so look for those opportunities to take responsibility for a small group uh, volunteer to be a substitute if you have whether it's sunday school teachers or other smaller leadership roles that might not require a lot of training if they're available and they're looking for people to help from time to time let people know that you're available. 
ask for one-on-one -on -one time with the teachers and maybe coffee or lunch and ask them how do they prepare if you're teaching the Sunday school class so go up to the the high school Sunday school class leader and say how do you prepare for the class if I were going to teach this class what advice would you give me for teaching a class like this and you can go to every teacher of every Sunday school class in your church and you could ask them how they prepare and you'll find some prepare poorly but some have some really good advice as they consider what it means to lead a class well so if you're willing to be intentional and step out you have a lot of opportunities to learn from people who are actively doing some of these roles um, ask your pastor what's his process for preparing his sermon um, ask him if you were going to lead a Bible study what he would recommend ask for resources if you do that and you're showing initiative you probably will also have opportunities then to do those things uh, once you've led a class or a Bible study or a group for a while one of the things that will help you a lot is to ask for feedback and just humbly consider how you can do better how can I grow in this area one of the things that will help you if you if you understand particularly in the beginning our, our pride tells us you know we want to do well we don't we don't want to fail we don't want to embarrass ourselves but if you can lay that aside and humbly make the attempt understanding you're not going to do it perfectly and then follow up after you've taught the class, after you've led the Bible study. Ask people how you did. Ask them for recommendations for how you can do better. Continue pursuing growth when you look for those opportunities for service. One way you can do that is ask if you can shadow a leader. If you have a Sunday school teacher or a leader of any kind who's doing something that you think you might be interested in, ask if you could just kind of shadow them for a while watch how they do it ask them why do you do it this way how did you learn to do that engage in that conversation repeatedly and you'll start to see patterns in good teachers and you'll also start to see patterns in bad teachers so look for those good patterns and mimic those things look for the opportunities to grow in the areas where they're saying hey this is a good way to think about this ministry or this service pursue internship opportunities if you're really interested in ministry, ask. Ask people, could I work with you? Could I learn? You know, I think there are a lot of secular jobs where this happens quite often. People take summer internships uh, in the church. There are a lot of people who are preparing to be pastors, and they take summer internships or they take year-long internships. This is something we should take more advantage of. You need to be looking for those opportunities to get on-the-job experience and often they're available and they're more available than you think if you let it be known that you want one quite often there are people who would love to have an intern but they're busy and they're not really thinking about seeking one out themselves but if you show up and say hey I'm, I'm really interested in learning I'm interested in growing in this area they would be more than happy to share their knowledge and give you opportunities to learn and grow this might include things like classes. Look for classes that are offered. Uh, occasionally, not super often anymore, but I have heard of groups that offer classes on teaching Sunday school or on leading small groups or things like that. Look for those opportunities and take part of them. Even if it's not your church, if it's not a group that you're really part of, you don't have to agree with them 100% to gain some skills in the practical 
aspects of leading a group, of teaching a class. So learn more about teaching. Learn more about um, leading a small group. Take advantage of the opportunities you have to learn those skills. One good way to do this would be to ask someone to mentor you. In some of the training that I've done for college students, I've really challenged people to consider, you know, all of us should have a mentor, uh, and you should seek to be one. So as you learn, you want to mentor other people, but if you're still learning and growing, and even if you've been doing things for a while, it's good to have a mentor that you can bounce ideas off of. You know, we grow best in community, and we're going to grow best when we have someone that we know and trust who knows us and gets to know our, our strengths and weaknesses and can help walk us through the steps that it might take to mature and to grow in service, in ministry, uh, in our even work relationships. So look for someone who's doing it well and then take them out to coffee and kind of share with them how you see God work in your life and how you would like to grow the things that you recognize that you need and ask them, would they be willing to meet you occasionally and just talk through? Uh, say, I have seen that you do this well. Would you share with me some of the things that you've learned and how you've learned to do this well in your own life? You will benefit tremendously. And again, I think you'll find a lot of people would be more than happy to meet you if you initiate that contact. And really, as we think about all this, we have to remember the foundation is keeping in God's Word, putting in the time to really understand what does God say biblical maturity looks like? Am I spending time really get, getting to know God, to see Him in His Word, to see what He loves and what He hates, to understand His character? So when we talk about godliness, do we understand what godliness looks like? Uh, studying things like uh, spiritual fruit. What does the fruit of the Spirit look like? What does it look like to be pursuing Jesus. Look at the examples in Scripture of people who are lifted up as being um, models of faith. So look at Hebrews and see the faith chapter and see people who are lifted up who trusted God in difficult circumstances. What does it take for your faith to grow in that way? Spend time in prayer, really asking God to work in your life, to help you to see where He's working, to help you to be mature enough and have the courage to respond as he's working and be open to the Spirit's leading in your life every day. And it is a daily choice. Ultimately, you have to keep pursuing Jesus daily. You want to keep on making the choices that are growing your faith and helping you to become more like him. It's not always easy, but I do think it's always worth it. So, Thanks for joining me today. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you'd like to recommend ideas for a future show, you can write me at norman at runwithhorses.net. That's norman at runwithhorses.net. I would love to hear from you. You know, God is at work in your life, and he is preparing you for ministry, even as he prepares your future ministry for you. So commit to getting ready And no matter what you do, keep running.